Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome, Ben and everyone else, to the Triple Jump podcast. We're back. We're back. This is a video game podcast where we talk about video game things that are happening in the video game-osphere, as it's called. Oh boy, do we. Yeah. It's a big round, uh, pixely round ball, the video game atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, and we take submissions for questions and topics by you, our, well, if you're a patron. If you're not, you what are you out. doing? Well, you can listen. G- G- yeah, you can listen. But then get out. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, ben, how are you today? I'm all right. You're all I'm right? Okay, I've been playing, uh, played played a number of games over the weekend. Whoa, steady, steady as for what, what we play in. I know, I know, I'm just, I'm saying I'm ready. The um, upcoming cutting edge segment. It's crazy, no one's no one's ever done it before. What about you? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I've not actually been playing, play apostrophe, much recently, because uh, at time of recording, it's not actually that long since the previous podcast. No. Sometimes we have a, you know, we our schedule isn't always weekly in terms of recording, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've got three questions from you lovely people. And we've got a big discussion. And we've got weird news. Whoa. It's, it's all coming up. It is. Let's jump straight in yeah. with a question from Dave McCade. Dave McCade? Dave McCade says, hmm. As talk is that the next generation of consoles will be the last for physical game, do you think a loyal... <laughs> that's what it says. It, do it you is. think a loyalty scheme will be introduced as trade-ins will effectively be extinct? E- extinct is e- what it says. Yeah, that's right, isn't that's it? That's how you spell it. It is, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. x Sorry, I thought I caught you out there, Dave, but I looked the fool, didn't you, I? Oh, you look like a... I mean, there's no question mark. You could have called him out for that. I could have done. No, yeah. we're big fans of Dave. Dave's our, Dave's our fave. Yeah. Fave, fave, fave McCade. Fave Dave. Dave, Dave McFave. Yeah. Um, trade-ins. Mm-hmm. I mean... Who uses them anymore? Well, yeah. I think certainly, like, for... For... for Whatever the current gen is, any time that's that's going through, mm-hmm. or well, no, I, yeah, I'd say recently. So like c- this li- literal current gen, I think it's definitely fallen off slightly in terms of like whether people trade in, whether people buy pre-owned versions. I think there's yeah. like still a big market for retro trade in and mm-hmm. and buying used. Um, I mean, you can't buy those things new anymore, certainly. So I think like the trade in industry will survive mm-hmm. in a kind of retro collector style format but yeah. i mean you might be right like i think there'll, there'll probably be a, a big old drop off mm-hmm. in the market 
when if, if games are no longer physical. But yeah. it's already going that way as it is. It's like at the moment we have the option of the two. Mm-hmm. So there's still there's still trade-ins for PS4 and Xbox One going on, and people are supporting that. But um, yeah. yeah, I guess it's just it, yeah. If, if if it becomes non-physical, then there's not going to be not no. going to be much trading. No, we've talked extensively before on the podcast about streaming and uh, digital games mm. and their prominence now compared to you know even just a few years ago. Um, and you and I both get a, a great deal of our games digitally just because of uh, you know the the industry that we work in. Mm-hmm. And uh, PR companies don't send out physical copies of games anymore. I know a lot of people still prefer to have a physical copy of a game. Yeah, but increasingly people are buying digital. And when they want to sell their games, you, it's it's just notorious how how crap it is, how crap trade-ins have always been mm. for trading in stuff. I suppose the the concern for me over the the trade-in is, what about my physical games that I want to play on my digital only platform? Like if there's if there's backwards compatibility, that's more of that's more of a pressing issue for me than mm-hmm. will I be able to, you know, sell my games. Sell my games. Um, that's a good point. But yeah, he he does talk about a loyalty scheme. The 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 PSP Go when that came out, mm. which was Sony's digital only PSP variant that was like about this big and well about the size of your palm mm. and it slid up and had a little controllers uh, controller thing underneath. And I really liked that console. Mm-hmm. It got a bad rap and probably rightly so because in typical Sony fashion, they just didn't really think about it properly or see it through. Yeah. Um, but one thing they did promise before launch is that they were looking into a trade-in scheme where you're fi- where, whereby if you owned a physical copy of a PSP game, you'd be able to get a digital version for free okay. to be able to play. But they never, ever followed up on it, and they uh, never introduced it and then quietly discontinued the PSP Go a little while after. Yeah, I guess it would be a bit tricky to... to I don't know how you would implement that. Maybe you would also need... Like a PS3, or or you like you stick it in your computer drive, mm-hmm. and then you go onto like the the website and say, "Look, the disc is in. Read the disc. Check that I own a legit copy." And then yeah. like takes it onto your account or something. But yeah. uh, rather than have to physically take your boxes to some Sony shop somewhere, that's but. the thing. Yeah, like maybe it has some kind of code in the box and stuff. But then if you buy pre-owned, yeah, you, you can't. No, you can't do that. Which is just going back to when games had online codes a few mm. years ago on, on PS3 and Xbox 360 for a bit, which was mad. Yeah, You needed an online pass and stuff to, to access the online content, which was really stupid. Um, I suppose another interesting thing is, as he's suggesting here, in that you when you buy a game, you won't be able to trade it in anymore if you don't like it. Like no. Once you've bought it, that's it. True. And that's only going to, I think, heighten people's um, sort of unwillingness to pre-order stuff. Right, because they're not gonna want to, because it is a gamble at that point. Yeah. Like it's always a gamble to pre-order things anyway. But if you really don't like it, then you can either return it physically, or 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 sell it. Mm. Um, but you won't be able to do that. So people will probably buy fewer games. That's a good point. Um, because they're more currently they're more expensive anyway on the whole when they're new uh, or they've just come out and they're digital. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I don't know how practical a an option that says, I don't want to play this game that I bought anymore. I would like to forfeit my digital rights to play it in exchange yeah. for £10 of store credit. I don't know how the legality of that or, or how that would ever, well, ever work. Well, they can't profit off that. 
no. off that trade-in anyway. So I don't think they'd be Nobody wins in no. that situation. The other, I guess the other issue is the longevity of... I mean, let's, for example, let's let's imagine that PS5 is completely non-physical, which I don't think it is going to be. But mm-hmm. like, let's just say that that's what happens. Right. What's the longevity then of a PS5 game? So you get a digital download for it and you play it. But what if in five or ten years after that game has come out, you're thinking, oh, I'd really like to play Uncharted 5 again or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I guess a, a game with as big a, a label as that probably would be re-released digitally on subsequent platforms. But, you yeah. know, some of the smaller games, some of the indie games and things, it basically means that, like, you wouldn't be able to play it anymore because there's going to come a time where they're not either not hosting servers yeah. or the online services just been shut down. Yeah, and you just you just can't download a physical uh, a digital copy of that anymore. So that's the the other problem. I think there's a yeah. few there's a few problems with complete non-physical. I think it's fine to to blend it and say, look, if you never ever want to have to buy anything physical again, mm-hmm. you can do this all through codes now. Some people are probably good with that, but yeah. And then there's obviously like internet speeds and having to download things. We're getting yeah. kind of onto the the streaming stuff again now, but yeah. No, but the, you're you're bang on there. Like Sony in particular have have been under fire recently because they're increasingly, I think, Drive Club, their the money that the, not the money, the game they poured a load of money into from uh, I think it's Evolution Studios right. who have now closed. Uh, they did Motorstorm and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. They made Drive Club, which you know a fundamental part of that game was online service uh, servers, mm-hmm. and so and it's a first party game that they poured money into, and Sony is shutting it down. I think later this year, oh, yeah. and then it's going to be delisted from the PlayStation Store. Yeah, so I think it's, it's by twenty twenty. So it's uh, gone, like yeah. completely gone. And if companies are going to do this, like you can still go on to. Uh, there was a great article on on Push Square actually about it, mm. um, about how you know this is kind of embarrassing and not okay yeah Uh, because you can go back and play an online match of halo one on xbox if you want right that the servers are still up for that you can go all the way back and play that if someone else is there i know the halo 2 servers aren't up because they were uh, there's this story of like how they were going to switch them off at midnight on this day right and there were loads of players like hanging around and they kept them going for like another few hours Uh, so people could keep playing so i don't know about halo one well at least halo 3 definitely on 360 there's still servers there you can go back but sony have a habit of just turning these things off Mm. and when it's a game that has an online function you know online functionality uh, like demon souls for example that game you can still play it through but it's just like you've just gutted it for, yeah. for it, it can't cost that much it, it obviously it costs money to host servers but like there has to be a focus if the if online is the future and digital only is the future then there has to be safeguards and, and infrastructure yeah. yeah to make sure that this stuff stays around for people who want to use it because once you bought it you should have a right to play that yeah. for as long as you want especially for games that are like online only as well yeah so you know there's i think that's going to again become an increasing thing and if i mean for example my my one true dream and one true love beyond good and evil 2 is going to be at the moment they're saying it's online only yeah um and if in five or ten years they shut down those servers that game is completely unplayable forever, even if you do have a copy of it, you know? So yeah. that's a massive shame. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's we've we've destroyed the, <laughs> the notion of, of non physical there. But, yeah. Uh, I mean uh, on the whole, we've again we've spoken before. Like I, I pre ordered Fallout four digitally so I could get it immediately at midnight because I could preload it. And there are definite advantages to oh, having yeah. digital games, but you know, games being delisted and stuff should simply just shouldn't happen. No. It shouldn't happen. I know that there are legal issues with things like Telltale, 
where the company mm. goes under and it's like, well, who has the rights to this? Do we technically take it down? Yeah. How does it work? I don't understand how it works. But knowing that I bought, for example, Tales from the Borderlands digitally, then I've, I've the onus is on me to keep that downloaded on my console yeah. and to just hope either I never have to remove it to free up space mm. or my console dies yeah. because then it's gone and I can never get, even though I paid for it, I can never get it back. That's true. And that's that's rubbish. God, that is crazy when you think about it, that you've yeah. just got it on your console and if something happens, it's yeah. gone. Yeah, it's it's mad. It's kind of mad. So yeah, better better infrastructure. It'll be interesting to see how, how this plays out, I think. Yeah. Talking of how this plays out. Oh. <laughs> that's oh, a link. Oh my goodness. It's time for what we're playing. Uh, ben, mouthful of water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say you've been playing apostrophe things this week. I have. Let me just move a bit closer to this mic. Oh, where are you going? You're off over there. I'm here. Oh, there we go. That's ben, nice. yes. <laughs> you've been playing. What have you been playing? I, I have played all sorts this weekend. Oh um, I finally, finally got the last trophy I needed in Fallout 76. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That was revive a, uh, a, a player 20 times, which mm. because I largely played that game. Well, I almost exclusively played that game by myself. Mm. Um, I, I got a friend finally managed to persuade someone i got a friend full stop yeah and then i finally managed to persuade them to to help me out because uh, i don't know many people with this game and i don't i, f I know even fewer people who are willing to play it right so I but mean, people are probably willing to play it if it means jumping off a cliff 20 times well that's the thing right, right. so I, I looked up a guide i mean it's, it's fairly self-explanatory but yeah. i just wanted to make sure there was because you know big games like this there's usually some sort of weird glitch or something that you have to do it a very specific way. Yeah. But uh, in so doing, I did discover that what I needed to do was, on top of my existing base, build a basically a ladder to, to the sky. Right. Just, just a load of stairs stacked on top of each other going all the way up to the sky. And my friend just had to run up the stairs and just jump off the top and I was waiting at the bottom mm -hmm. where they would they would fall down and be so hurt they couldn't get back up without being revived or respawning. Mm -hmm. So then I was just able to revive them and then they'd happily just get up and sprint back off to the stairs, back up the stairs and then leap off again and then I was able to revive them. It didn't take very long and I finally got the platinum trophy. And now I'm probably never never going to play it again. Oh, really? Uh, is it that? It's, it's, it's that kind of thing where it, the Platinum, I think, was really keeping me going. Where I was like, uh, oh, my God, I might actually be able to do this. Sorry to hear that. Because um, they've added loads of interesting stuff. Like there's a, there's a survival mode you can play now. Mm -hmm. um, there was a huge update that they detailed a, a couple of months ago that's, that's rolling out this year. Right. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how much stuff they add to it. If the game is still fundamentally broken like from a server standpoint and from an engine standpoint, there's no amount of content they can add to make it any more fun to play. Yeah. Because you're still going to face exactly the same issues. You can put a bow on it, but if it's still a stinky poo, mm. then, you know, there's there's no... It's a poo with a bow on. It's a poo with a bow on. Yeah, and no one wants that. You know, as much fun as I had playing with the poo. Right. You know, and there, there's, there, there is fun to be had from playing with poo sometimes. Sometimes. But, but safely, cleanly, preferably fake poo. With gloves. With and, gloves. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was done. Uh, I very briefly jumped into uh, Monster Hunter World. Oh, did you? Gave that a go. Started it up. Got hit by about 10 maybe 10, 20 dissertations worth of, of text boxes explaining Ooh. how things work. It's... 
It's a deep boy. I'll say that much. And uh, all it is is just Iguana Killer Simulator <laughs> 2019, isn't it? Well, I was always interested in it. And, and this is absolutely not me judging the game whatsoever. But like for in terms of just wanting to jump into it for an afternoon, mm. I was like, ah, there's way too much to learn right now. I reading. can't I can't do this just yet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did like the first couple of hunts mm -hmm. and then and then I stopped playing. Um, but uh, yeah, this was all while I had my friend over this this past weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, so I also played. Um, what was it? I played some more of the Mortal Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Eleven beta. That's that was that's going to be my what we play in. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I jumped into that and. Uh, well, I played one match mm. and I got my ass kicked the first round. Right. And then somehow I managed to pull it back the second round. And then the third round, I pulled off this surprise victory against someone who was clearly way better than me. But you just fluked it. I fluked it. Yeah. And then I, um, when I had to do a fatality, I just did the crouch, the spam crouch thing again, where you just sort of bob up and down. And then yeah. I just poked him with oh, my, just gave him a little one jab, little boop. And then he fell over and I was like, ha ha. Well, I can retire now. I'm happy with that. I can get rid of that. It's arguably more offensive than a fatality. It I is. Think. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I have messages turned off. And, uh, and then I tried, I was like, okay, I'm done. And I tried to quit and I accidentally clicked rematch and he was like, okay, here we go. Oh my so God. I just quit the game. <laughs> I just closed it. Um, that was pretty much it for me. Watched a, a little bit of Devil May Cry 5 being played, and that game is mental. Mm -hmm. um, and also played a, a fair bit of FIFA, actually, oh. on, uh, I think, the difficulty below world class, which I think is professional. Yeah. And we were playing as a crap team in the Champions League against another crap team. But for some reason, on that difficulty, and he's played a lot of this game, and he seemed to think that there was, it, maybe it had been patched, or it was certainly different from the last time he played it, because... Right. Their defense and goalkeeping was unreal. Like the, these crap teams, they were pulling off these incredible saves. There were always four people at the back all the time. Whenever we got a break on goal, our team was so bad that whenever we took a shot, it would just hit three men. It would, it would, it would either hit a man or it would be basically a pass to the goalkeeper. Right. Or it would fly off in the wrong direction. When we were shooing on goal, it would always hit the crossbar. Yeah. It would. It was like we were cursed. Like we just couldn't But professional, win. I mean, I'm not a FIFA player, but professional mm. sounds like it's a reasonably high level of difficulty. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. It, that sounds right to me, but is, is it not supposed to be like that? I think... If it's a crap team you're against. Well, exactly. Like we, we weren't playing badly, mm. but it seems that they the game just decided like, well... You know, it's on a higher difficulty, so yeah. you're not allowed to score. There are so many points when I play FIFA, which isn't very often, mm. that it feels like there's some kind of FIFA god who just decides, mm, no, yeah. not not today. It's just a roll rather of the than, dice, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Rather than uh, rather than it being down to skill, sometimes you do mm. everything right, and then it just goes this uh, this slow, stocky uh, defender. He's going to catch up to your really fast striker, like with ease. And then your, for some reason, your character is going to, your player is going to slow down so he can catch you. Yeah. And and then the goalkeeper is going to just pull off this obscene save. Backflip. Yeah. So it's it's it is a roll of the dice. But that that's uh, that's me. That's what I've been playing. What about you? Yeah. So we we we've been playing a little bit of uh, the Mortal Kombat beta. Yeah. Um, I I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. Um no. my concern is that I don't know if the the fatality seem I'm really torn about this. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat's never taken itself too seriously. Mm -hmm. It's always enjoyed being um 
very very gory and violent and yeah. doing silly things like um you know something that should definitely not have impaled a person does impale a person <laughs> yes it's sharp and, and moving fast enough apparently that mm -hmm. it does everyone's made out of very just sort of gelatin just gelatin yeah just, just with, with nice... enough structure that they can walk around and fight yeah but not enough that they can hold anything off no um but it, it kind of feels like um like a parody action movie rather than a cheesy action movie. Well, there's a okay. subtle difference, if you see what I mean. It, you, you mean it's so over the top? Yeah. That it, it almost... It, it kind of feels like they're taking the piss almost out of themselves at this point. Right, okay. Um, I don't know. It might be just partly because the, I had a bit of a bitter taste because <laughs> I'm really bad at Mortal Kombat. And we got are, paired up with someone who was just just cheesing their way through the fight yeah and there are because there's other fighting game franchises that i'm reasonably good at so tekken and soul Calibur i've played a lot of but they yeah. just have different control schemes and i have no idea what i'm doing in mortal kombat and therefore i'm terrible but um <laughs> maybe i'm just a bit bummed out that like when someone because normally fatality is probably happening on me rather than me on right, them right and so there's less satisfaction that oh yeah i'm doing something really great to this person they, oh yeah i'm just sort of like w watching this as my own head is removed thinking yeah well, that's a, bit, um, that's a bit silly, really. Mm. Um, I've know. never, ever done a fatality, ever. I don't, I'm not good at fighting games. I've never really played Mortal Kombat. I played through the story of Injustice 1, right? Uh, which was hard enough for me. Just, that had heroic brutalities, didn't it? Or was that Injustice it did. 2? Uh, they, I think they both, they both had... Oh, I don't know if they had... Because they were non-fatal, that's the point. They couldn't be fatalities. Yeah, I don't know if there was. I don't know if there were fatalities in Injustice, Injustice One or whatever the equivalent mm. was. You certainly had special moves that you could trigger when you filled your bar all the way up. Yeah. that would take off a lot of health, and they'd be unique to each each person. Like taking as Superman flying someone out into orbit and then punching them back to Earth yeah. and stuff. But they were fine. You know, Batman was fine. Yeah. Afterwards, he was just tired. He's been to space, but that's yeah. right. he held his breath. I think exactly. Shut his eyes. Yeah, I'm really bad at fighting games and. It looks gorgeous. Like Mortal Kombat 11 looks amazing. And it does. It, I'm assuming, plays very well, but I, I have no plays, idea. Like, smoothly. I just smash buttons. Yeah, it's and I like all the sort of arena-based tricks that you can do, like slamming people's heads into this actual table, yeah, um, or you know, car bonnets and things like that. And it'll be really good to see, like, when all the maps come out and all the, when the game comes out, basically seeing all the characters and their their fatalities and things. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I guess it doesn't help that I'm just not really a fan of the series as much as I am of, of others. Um, right, right. So maybe I'm not best placed to, to analyze it objectively <laughs> and say, oh, yeah, this is better or worse than it has been previously. I'd be interested to know what the audience think. If you guys have been yeah. playing the beta of uh, Mortal Kombat 11, then let us know mm -hmm. how you think it stacks up, especially if you're a longtime MK fan. Yeah, I think they're called K-fans with a K. Oh, yeah. Everything begins Fans. with a cake. Fans. Yeah, it does. And if you'd like to see our stream, uh, it's it's Con Klein Knau. Knau. Uh, so you can go and watch that. Us getting very annoyed for about half an hour. Yeah. Pulling off a fluke victory. I think we ended up going like two and eight in the end oh, for yeah. victories it to losses. Real, it was real bad. It wasn't great. Some people were being cheap as hell and that was that was frustrating. Yeah, but just some project, people just, people really just throwing projectiles and poking us from a distance and yeah. then they learned how to teleport and then that was all that over. Was it. It, was, it was game uh, over at that point. Yeah, I didn't even know how to block for the longest time. Yeah. So that was also an issue because I was holding back you to block. The back but, foot. Yeah, yeah, that's rubbish. not how it works. In that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There's all these, all these things that I'm doing like pressing two buttons together like this is a throw. Oh wait, yeah. no it's not. 
No, absolutely no, not. That's not how it works. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll prob- I might give it a go there when it comes out in full and just try and just yeah. get good and then maybe I'll <laughs> like it more. Maybe. Yeah. I've always wanted to be good at a fighting game, but it's mm. just a kind of... It's so... By its very nature, it's so competitive yeah. that you could put in... You you have to practice mm. like an instrument. Most of them have and, a practice mode now. Well, they have them for a long time. Right, yeah. but you have to practice like an instrument. And I'd, I feel like I'd rather learn an instrument and I can't be asked <laughs> to do that. No, so I can't. It's not for me. And also if I put in loads of time and then I just got absolutely destroyed yeah. by someone, I'd feel like I've just wasted my time. I'm not the kind of person who enjoys battle royale games for the sake of enjoying them because i feel like with battle royale games i can't truly have fun with a battle royale game unless i win yeah there's no there's no real participation medal for battle royale right and it's the same with fighting games it's not really a participation medal you lose Mm. you either win or you lose whereas rocket league doesn't matter if you lose because you're having a fun time just yeah you can score screamers score some go oh my god or just you know farming for items yeah yeah Yeah, with a bot that holds the accelerator down God, uh, I also, sorry, very quickly, mm. uh, I played a little bit more Sekiro. Oh, yeah, um, of course. It's, uh, it's so bloody hard. I defeated yeah. uh, a couple more bosses, did a little bit more exploring, and then I just, like, I, I think I need regular breaks from this game because I feel like <sighs> I take two steps forwards and then I take a step back. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, can't, I, need, I need some time away from it before I <laughs> throw myself back into it. Have you run into, into it? The, the snake a bit more, Severus Snake? No, no no more Severus Snake. Oh. Got past the Severus Snake. Um, met a big man on a, on, on a horse who swings this blade round and round. Okay. Took him down. Sounds fun. Uh, proceeded through the next area and spotted the the lovely little flower area off in the distance that was the bit where you got your hand cut off at the start of the game. Oh, I thought, lovely. oh, well, I'll push around to that because I'm sure there'll be something there. My I, hand might still be there. My hand might still be there. And also, I think, you know, you, I heard you can go back to the beginning of the game where you start off and there's new stuff and right. things. So I was like, okay, well, I'll push around to there after clearing out this area. Walked through and then this massive bull, which in uh, with instead of horns, it's got like a basically a huge bamboo stick with lava and fire coming out of either side of it okay. just came careening through the wall and and hurt me very hard i would have thought that bamboo sticks are flammable but that's no let's absolutely not worry about it. i'm so just bulls, i'm just but. trying to well yeah bulls are flammable i'm just trying to use the the best comparison mm. i can it was like a big wooden tube filled with flames and anger yeah and and so at that point i was like okay right i think it's time to it's time to just take a little, have, have, a little have, break a, have a little break from yeah. from that game for a little while. Oh, that's okay. Just go and play some MK. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, the other game that we're good at. Just go and die in that one instead. Yeah. I've got another question, Ben. Yeah, it's from Mike Bell. Oh, do you want to read it? Uh, yes, I will read it. Yeah, go for it. Mike Bell, the wonderful patron, asks or says, I suppose, I know Ben collects Game Boys and Peter has a massive PS One collection, but where do you guys stand on the retro gaming market right now? Do you think that pricing is way out of control for rarer games, some reaching thousands of pounds? Do you think this could put off some newer gamers from starting a collection? So first off, I suppose we should talk about our respective collections. Collectathons, yeah. That we have. Uh, I have now, finally, collected all of the Game Boys that I physically can mm. uh that were released in the uk so i have one of each of the color uh, each of the colors mm. um i have the special pikachu one and i have the uh special sort of see-through oh yeah purpley colored one that's the one that i had as a kid oh, yeah. well there you go and i've got them all in in a in a not new obviously that would be insane no. but like i've got them boxed mm. and uh, out on display and uh, i've also got all of the 
Pokemon games that were released for either Game Boy or Game Boy Color, uh, boxed as well. So that includes the trading card game for Game Boy mm-hmm. and, you know, red, blue, yellow, uh, silver, gold, crystal. And all of the Game Boy and Game Boy Color accessories that were officially licensed by Nintendo. Ooh. So you can, you can get... And you could get, and you probably saw them, you know, on on lists of ridiculous accessories for for Game Boys, like this huge bulky thing that you could slide your Game Boy into and it had like a magnifying screen and a light and all the sort, that sort of stuff. But that wasn't officially licensed by Nintendo. I had one of those. Someone got it for me. Did you? Yeah. I think like a a well-meant, a well-meaning ant or something. To turn your, a well-meaning ant. Ant. Yeah. Just sort of waddled over with it. Well, it's Tiny Peter, isn't it? I can't (laughs) expect presents from normal sized people. They'd crush me. Your ant aunt. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, d- I don't have that, but I do have all the ones that actually have Nintendo written on them and, mm-hmm. and were officially licensed. All in a nice little display cabinet now. That's very nice. Um, you know, the, the link cable and stuff like that, um, and, and an original uh, game, like Tetris edition game, game Boy, like original, original Game oh, Boy, right, the big yeah. grey one. Uh, so th- that's that's been a long time coming, collecting that, and I'm done for now. There are... A collection is never complete, Ben. We all know this. Well, technically, no, it's it's not, especially this one, because mm. I've looked it up online and there are a couple of other very, very rare Game Boys that were released in the UK. Like, as an, there was one that was, there was a limited run that was an invitation to some some kind of business event. Right. So there was, I think it was in the UK, I believe so, like some kind of business that had limited edition Game Boys sent out as as invitations and they had a cartridge that instead of being a game when you put it in and turned it on it played just sort of a very crude wireframe animation that that showed the company logo and was an invitation to some kind of party god that's crazy yeah and like there's there's footage of the cartridge running yeah but i don't know what no i can't find anywhere online what the game boy looks like i can't find what the cartridge looks like nobody seems to be selling it Hmm. there's probably only like People who got them had no idea what they were, probably. Yeah. And the ones that are around are probably under lock and key somewhere yeah. very safe. So I've got everything that I can have. Um, and, and I bought myself an Ikea display cabinet, finally, mm-hmm. at the start of the year, like a glass one. And uh, people have been seeing on social media and stuff. I've been posting photos of these Game Boys as I've been getting them. Yeah. Um, I've... I had most of the Game Boys anyway, but I then had to sort of rebuy them to get them boxed, which yeah. was kind of annoying. So it took a while because it costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm hopefully slowly going to start revealing like the full the full thing if I can. Oh, you mean on photos on social media? Yeah, like oh, the full display cabinet. Goodness me, it's very pretty. Oh, thank you. They they should they should all be excited to see it. But Peter, tell me about your PlayStation collection. My PlayStation collection. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not kind of like try, I'm not trying to catch them all as mm. it were. There is too many to do yeah. that. Oh no, especially yeah. given that I have a reasonable number of PS2 games as well, and that's the console that's had the most games like officially mm. like published on it ever. Right. So I'm not by any means trying to get them all, but uh, I certainly wanted to basically rebuy every game I've ever owned um, mm-hmm. on on those platforms. And there's some that I still have from like way back when I was a kid. Like, I've got a copy of Tekken One that I was given in about. 1998 or something right i think i don't know when it came out but like early days mm. and uh, in fact the box is like slightly smaller than all the other boxes because they must have slightly changed the design of the huh. jewel case that's interesting um but like that and a few others are 
um, platinums, like silver label. Oh no! And I want to like like rebuy all the platinum ones that I've got, so that I've got black label copies. Mm. Um, there's got I've got a really weird platinum Tomb Raider, where normally a platinum game has a silver spine mm-hmm. with black text, I think. Okay. And uh, all the black labels are black color with white text. But right. this one platinum Tomb Raider is a silver spine with white text. Wow. Which is not what it should be. And I don't know that's if weird. that's just a weird misprint that happened with all platinum copies of Tomb Raider 1 hmm. or what. But, you know, that's weird. That is bizarre. Um, but, yeah, that's what I collect. I've, I've posted photos of my, like, weird sort of the way I've stacked it under a glass coffee table with like <laughs> I saw it yesterday yeah you did yeah. with my favourite box arts pointing upwards I've got a copy of Bubsy actually um, that's on there oh yeah um, <laughs> I bought a copy of that as well yeah just because I saw it in CEX once and I thought well, we should probably play this on Worst Games Ever yeah and then somebody sent us one last year yeah I was like oh wow that's, that's true that's nice yeah we did play it didn't we we did played, played it live yeah on the Jingle Jam um, so yeah that's what I collect it's not it's not I don't I don't buy accessories and things like that. Um I occasionally like buy other things that are related to specific games that I really enjoy. Like I bought this um centerfold poster um for The Unholy War on PS1 which is like a niche game that I'm a big fan of. Yeah. And like I'll do that. I, I like I bid on a a promo copy of like a press copy of Beyond Good and Evil as well oh, for nice. PS2 which there's nothing special it's just a press copy but I just thought I'd, I'd like to have different versions of oh, this absolutely but other than that yeah I just I just collect games that I like um, to get to the question yes <laughs> do we think that the pricing is way out of control for rarer games I mean you say yourself you know like that that Game Boy the, mm. the press one I can understand why it's expensive but like yeah you will probably never be able to buy one of those ever no not only will it probably never go on sale well no but if it does i'll likely not hear about it no and it'll be sold for a disgusting amount of money i'd have thought as well uh i suppose the the real the real crux of this is not that there's it's unlikely that someone that's for example our age Mm. so mid-20s is gonna suddenly decide I want to buy up all of my childhood now. Yeah. Because it feels like that would be something that they would have either started a collection of by holding on to stuff that they had from their youth. Exactly. In terms of where, what does it say in the question? Do you think this could put off some newer gamers from starting a collection? Mm. Their version of nostalgia and collecting is going to be totally different from ours. That's literally what my answer was going to be. They're going to be buying up PS3 things. They're going to be buying up PS4 things. They're going to be buying up uh, like the... Pop. The special edition, the Pop Funkos, the special edition, uh, uh, what was it? The DualShock controller that was bundled, that was in like a Fortnite, special yeah. Fortnite box. Right. There was nothing special about the controller, but they Sony just marketed it as a Fortnite controller and it had some in-game code for Fortnite. Like that's the kind of thing mm-hmm. that newer gamers, quote unquote, yeah. are, are going to be collecting. And it's not something that we're going to be remotely interested in. So each generation of collectors creates their own market yeah and certain things are always going to be obscenely expensive but that's why you go to at least for us that's why you go to charity shops that's mm. why you snoop around on ebay for people who just have no idea what they're selling what they've got yeah um and and there will this this it's just the nature of collecting isn't it unless you're collecting ds styluses yeah that nobody else wants, there's always going to be competition. That's the thing. That's why I specified that, like, I'm I'm not just I'm not just collecting games that I like. I'm collecting games from my childhood because my 
desire to collect PS1 and PS2 games is based almost entirely from nostalgia. Mm. And as a result, I don't think newer games are going to be, you know, going in on copies of Tomb 1 that cost like £200. Yeah. Or I've seen some... Uh, when I went to Glitch in... Uh, that's in Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. I've moved around so much. I didn't know where <laughs> I was. Yeah. Um, when I went to Glitch, there were... Was it Glitch? It was... Not Glitch. It, it um, was a... The Nerg. Nerg, yeah. Yeah. Northeast Retro Gaming. Glitch convention. never happened. Glitch didn't happen. That's the point. Um, that's why, I guess, why I was confused. When I went to Nerg <laughs> yeah. in Newcastle, uh, there were loads of gaming vendors that were selling, you know, on display, on, on the actual table, they've got all these PS1, PS2, N64 games. Mm. And then at the back behind them, there's like occasional like PlayStation 2 games from Japan that yeah. there's like only a thousand copies of them left in the world or like just ridiculous stuff that the the price labels on them, like 500 pounds and stuff like yeah. it's just just insane. And um, I'm just glad that, I never played any of those, and therefore I don't. Right. I'm not hankering to buy one. You put no no sort of price on those. No, no special treatment. At but all. yeah, that that's how it works. I don't think it's much of a problem for like newer gamers wanting to start a collection. I'm sure there'll be like one or two people who think, oh, I didn't play the N64, but I would really like to start collecting well, that's it. But... Exactly what I was going to say. Like, don't get me wrong. If I saw a boxed special Pikachu edition Nintendo 64 mm. for like 30 quid at a charity shop because they had no idea what they had, I would I would buy that immediately, yeah. even though I didn't have one of those. Mm. Uh, I played on one because my cousin had one yeah. and he got rid of it. So that's really annoying. I keep, yeah. I, I've asked him numerous times over the years, do you have it? Is it somewhere? Is it, is it in a sure? cupboard though, maybe? Yeah. But, you know... If if I saw something that I thought <clears throat> might be valuable, I would buy it. Right. Or something that looked cool, I would buy it. But uh, yeah, like people are gonna people are gonna buy what means the most to them, mm. yeah. and and they'll dictate that market and the prices. Yeah, and ultimately, I think like the rarity of rarity of these games means that like they're probably not objectively overpriced. I think like <laughs> the reason that you know copies of some obscure game are hundreds of pounds is because there just aren't that many and lots of people want them and that's just how that's how economy works it is so that sure is that's the way it goes unfortunately but, yeah um, ready for some uh, weird oh oh boy am i weird news weird news hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Smells, oh, smells weird. It does. It smells really weird. Mm. It's a very weird smell. Oh, um, there's the source of that smell right yeah, it's there. It's my weird f- phone smell. Yeah. Um, let me pull up a link to a weird news. Oh. It's not that weird. I think we both discovered that this week it's been a slightly unweird week. Yeah. Um, at time of recording. I mean, I'm sure tomorrow, um, you know. There'll be 10 stories. Sony are going to change their name to Brony. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's pretty weird news. But um, It is. That's a little odd. At, at present, not much is going on. But hmm. hoax falsely claimed epic stole a DeviantArt character designed for Fortnite. Do you want me to say that again in, in, in plain English? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A hoax okay. is falsely claiming that Epic Games stole a DeviantArt character design and used it in Fortnite. So when you say a hoax, is that the name of, is that someone's username or no, are you genuinely saying it's a hoax? There's a hoax going round that this oh, has okay. happened. Okay, tell um, me more. So this is according to Kotaku. Uh, mm. It's it's Laura Dale. Thank you, Laura. Mm-hmm. It was posted on the 1st of April, but it's not an April Fool's. Okay. Over the past couple of days, accusations have been swirling around the internet claiming that Fortnite developer and publisher Epic stole the design for a skin in its Battle Royale game from a fan artist and their original character design. Okay? Right. So, basically, the idea is that... Oh, well, it says right here, back in November 2018, the... Tauro Protector of the Wilds skin okay. was added to Fortnite. That means nothing to me, but that's apparently what happened in November. Hmm. Yeah. It was a relatively unremarkable skin with cool horns coming out of its head and nothing really happened at the time. Okay. That's according to Kotaku. Yep. Um, however, over the weekend, allegations emerged of plagiarism from DeviantArt user Elacast. At a glance, mm. it seemed like a clear-cut case. Elacast posted an image of their deviant art um, with a drawing that looks exactly like this skin, right? Um, that had been posted on deviant art two months prior. Mm. So it's like, well, okay, this okay. existed before Fortnite even published their design. So surely there's something weird going on here. Weird. Um, and it was impossible to deny how similar the designs looked. However. In the days since, people with a knowledge of how DeviantArt works, who should be ashamed of themselves, quite frankly, no one should know how DeviantArt works. <laughs> it's a mystery. We should all be baffled at, at this, and we should be believing this story. Right. Um, but uh, uh, people know how DeviantArt works, apparently. They've been mm. doing some digging. Apparently, you can update an image that you've u- uploaded onto your DeviantArt without changing its listed publication date. Oh, wow. So you can literally just... Change an image, it'll still have the same URL. I think it probably That's still has insane. like comments and things underneath it saying, Wow, I love this. Imagine if you were able to do that on YouTube. Yeah. Just take down a video that's got 20, take down Gangnam Style and uploaded a, a speech from Adolf Hitler. Yeah, and just loads of people going, lol, this is hilarious. Oh, remember, remember 2011? Me and my grandma do reenact this in, in my <laughs> kitchen, you know? Um, oh no! So that seems to be what has happened. This this cheeky Elacast, yeah, at, uh, Deviant Art has edited an old photo, an old image, mm. and just drawn a skin that had already been out. Naughty! And it looks like it was uploaded months prior. Yeah. Um, based on looking at older versions of the page, 
User PyroZombie spotted that the image was originally nothing like the Fortnite skin. So they used a Google cache and right. they could see the previous image was just not related whatsoever. Hmm. So someone's just changed an image. Uh, it appears they have gone back, tried to create evidence of plagiarism that never happened. The user who originally accused Epic of plagiarism has since deleted their Twitter account where the huh. claim was made. I mean that. Imagine Guilty. trying to imagine trying to pull a fast one. Yeah. On Epic Games. But why though? Because it's a as you said, not many people truly understand how DeviantArt works. Yeah. But the fact that you can do that means that people know that you can do that. Exactly. And there must it must be traceable. Yeah. So why? Yeah, unless you've found a brand new exploit, you know, in DeviantArt, there's just no point trying to oh, use silly workarounds like that. And then embedded in this article there is a tweet from Ding Dong <laughs> sure. at Ding Dong VG that just sort of shows the cache. So, um, hello. Down below, that's the image that originally was used. And then they just replaced it with that. So this is a screenshot of like the same page oh, going across, across the image. So it used to look like that, and then it looks like and that. And then they just changed it. Oh, yeah, because you can just look at a cached version, can't you? Yeah. So, yeah. so that means nothing to people who are either listening on audio or even watching the video because you can't see it. But we will Im we'll, uh, include the link to the article yes. in the video description and so on. Basically, all yeah. you need to know is that you can you can easily go and look at the website from a certain date and see that just the lineup of photos has just changed. Yeah, it's like just, just one has one been swatched to, to, another. to another. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that's that. So I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to post a, a really touching image somewhere on DeviantArt. Yeah. Um, and wait for loads of people to say, "Oh, oh, that's so cute. That's nice." And then just replace it with like a really graphic McNuggies kind <laughs> of. <laughs> A terrible, terrible thing. Grimace's gaping nugs. Yeah, absolutely. Delicious. Yeah. Peter, I've got some weird news for you. How weird is it? It's not that weird, oh, okay. but uh, <laughs> it's it. I thought it was funny, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, we should call it funny or weird news. Funny slash weird news. It's yeah. not always weird, but sometimes it could be interesting. Slightly unconventional news. Just that. Not, not every outlet is reporting. That's the whole. That's the whole headline. Yeah, that's that's what we're calling it. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is also from Kotaku. Oh, <laughs> oh, just thanks, because they have a tendency to post interesting stories, and yeah. it's it's an easy website to browse rather than everything being shuffled around all over the place. Yeah, thanks Kotaku. You're doing the Lord's awful. work. Alex Walker brings us this, mm -hmm. and it's titled "A Fallout 76 Player Posted Bobby P Bobby Pins, not Bobby Pins, Bobby Pins. the person, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Mr. Robert Pins, posted Mr. Robert Pins to Todd Howard." Fallout 76's launch last year was fascinating for all sorts of reasons, and while the developers received all sorts of feedback, one fan expressed their feelings about Bobby Pins, Robert Pins, Robert Pins. in a rather creative way. At the game's launch, one of Fallout 76's biggest problems was weight. Characters could only carry so much, and with limited stash sizes, the weight of every little item became a massive deal. One hairpin that weighs 0.1 pounds might not seem a big deal by itself, but when you're carrying 100 or 200 lockpicks, then suddenly your lockpicks are more of an encumbrance than your actual armor. Oh my god, they weigh like 20 units. 20 space units. Yeah. 20 weight boys. Mm. Robert pins are something that Fallout 76 has patched and repatched since launch, and around the time of the game's launch, when the player's base was at its largest and crankiest, one fan had a very passive-aggressive way of making their point. Scrolling past. I like where this is auto going. Auto-playing videos. Here we go. Hold this box, Todd. This contains 200. Can you hold it? Good. <laughs> well, then. 
Some people send letters. Some of those are very creative, Executive Director Todd Howard said at the Bethesda Game Day's Fallout 76 panel. I got a box of bobby pins the other week that said, weigh these. <laughs> Whoever said that, that was the most creative letter I got, Howard explained. <laughs> So there we go. I thought that was quite nice and quite fun. Yeah. Someone just sent him a box of hairpins saying, weigh these. Yeah. My character can't carry 150 bobby pins. This is a box of 200. <laughs> Are you capable of lifting this off the floor? Yes. yes. It's really light. It's really this just doesn't stupid. weigh anything. This yeah. is stupid. It's the same with ammo. I know ammo obviously weighs a lot more depending on what it is. Yeah. But ammo has weight in Fallout 76, mm -hmm. unlike the other Fallout games, unless you're playing in sort of special survival yeah. mode. Um, and that just cripples what you're able to do. Yeah, it's a funny I, thing. I carried around, like, I prioritized carrying around, um, uh, like, as many weapons as I could to begin with, mm -hmm. just like a melee weapon, a pistol, a shotgun, a sniper. Um, and then as I went through, I was like, right, I need a melee weapon and a sidearm. Right. And basically, that's all I can afford. Yeah. Because they, they have planned accordingly. Like, there are perks that... Uh, lower the weight of the junk you're carrying that lower the weight of the uh, the, the chems and the, the medicine that you're carrying and stuff but inevitably you just you're having to make far more decisions about what you're taking with you mm. and what you can afford to take with you than you are actually about playing the game properly you're just always thinking oh I can only carry five bottles of purified water instead of the 20 that I have. And this is stupid because then I have to put it in a chest. Yeah. And then the chest is full as well. So and you, I, I always do. I certainly want to play Skyrim. I'm, I'm like, oh, I've got to drop all this stuff. I'm only carrying it because I want to sell it to like my fence at the Thieves Guild or whatever. And you, you not only do you then have to like decide uh, what weighs too much. It's like what weighs too much compared to how much I'll get for it, like how much <laughs> gold. And so yeah. you might not want to drop like the giant steel warhammer because you're better off just dropping all the silver plates that you picked up, just yeah. things like that, you know. But um, it's difficult, but that's fun. That was a fun one there. Yeah, I and, like that. A uh, box of Robert, Sir Robert Pins. Sir Robert Pins. Sir Robert of Pin, Pinland. And that's our weird news. It is. We can move straight on to a question from Robert Pins. <gasps> no, it's from Robert He's James. He's here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is... Robert uh, Jims. Robert Jims. Absolutely. Very good. Um, so this is something that uh, you, you kind of touched on earlier. Uh, what game genres or type of game do you boys like the least? Least. It says in capital letters. Mm. Was it a game that turned you off, like a specific game that turned you off that genre? Right. And what would it take to get you back to playing said genre or game type? Now, you said earlier, you're not big into your fighting games. You, you also don't have super lots of mega happy fun at um, yeah. your uh, battle royales unless you're winning. No, like the thing is, I don't have a direct issue with either of those genres mm. because I think they're, you know, and I don't have an issue like g generally with like, I don't think any genres shouldn't exist. No, I don't. But in terms of liking things the least, I've had a lot of fun with Battle Royale games and I've also had a lot of fun with um, fighting games, mm. albeit just messing around with a friend. But it's not something that I would certainly less less fighting games than than Battle Royales, but like fewer. If you, sure does um but i would i would probably rather play battle royale games definitely sorry but yeah because i i know that i can play those <laughs> at least yeah even though i might find it frustrating i can at least play those whereas right. fighting games i'm just useless just a mash i have two genres that i just that just don't work for me so do i i think we share at least one of them but please go on well moba is one of them moba is one of them yeah so we made a uh 
uh, what's it called? April Fool's List. Oh, about yeah. About League of Legends. And we called it League and Legends. Mm. Um, nobody watched it. And that's fine. Because we were kind of hoping that the 100 million player base of League of Legends might sort of click on it and think, hang on, what? Yeah, they might be really and cross then, that we called it League and Legends. And then, you know, have a bit of fun with it. But uh, no, apparently not. But the, the research for that list was really hard. Yeah. Because neither of us know anything about League of Legends, esports, MOBAs, anything like that. Well, I'll tell you what. To answer part of this question, mm. one of the reasons I don't like MOBAs is because I did actually play a little bit of League of Legends with oh. friends who are much more into their MOBAs and right. they're good at them. They know what they're doing and like fair play to them. I hope they I hope they continue to enjoy them. I yeah. think it was League of Legends. Um, but my issue, part of the issue, apart from the fact that they're really hard to just get into because there's so much like micromanagement in terms of just oh do i take do i wear these boots or do i wear this amulet and like mm. that gives me plus 3.1% speed but minus 2.9% damage right just all that kind of stuff but on top of that certainly league of legends and i'm told most other mobas have dreadful communities like That's really true. horrible it's very horrible toxic people. Yeah. just they hate you if you're a new player and you, you're not get you're not good at the game yet, mm. you're just going to get absolutely wailed on as a general rule by by the by the the players you know who you're in a match with, which is not something that you see in a lot of other like genres. I think I think some people mm. can be quite supportive in like MMOs, and MMOs things. and FPS sometimes and uh, sometimes FPS people. Yeah, just mad, just mute but... just mute microphones mainly. That's yeah, the... but sometimes people I think are quite nice on FPS at times. And, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I just I, MOBAs just don't do it for me. I've I've tried a couple. Like honestly, I've never actually played League of Legends, but it's exactly mm -hmm. the kind of game that I would need to dedicate a lot of time to. And yeah. it's just I've never had a PC to play games on. Right. I, it's never really been anything I've been interested in. I, I had a go at the Lord of the Rings MOBA that released oh, yeah. on PS3, like something something Middle Earth. I don't know. It was rubbish, and mm -hmm. it's just I don't like that. Uh, the other one that I don't like is hero shooters oh don't so you? overwatch doesn't do anything for me at all mm -hmm. like it looks amazing i think the problem i have with with these games um and this goes for mobas as well in particular league of legends as i discovered from researching the list yeah is that they have these incredible cinematic uh, sort of videos they hype do, videos they? that make it look like a movie and then you know there's there's no way on earth that the game could possibly a live up to that mm. and b sort of support that level of character development and yeah. you know because fans of the game that already exist for them it must be incredible mm. like they see these videos like oh my god it's the guy that i play as yeah that would be great doing a cool thing that that and and looking awesome with all the other people and stuff but then you know you go into league of legends and you're just i, I don't want to i don't want to like talk down league of legends because i know how popular it is i know how much money it makes and i know how good people are at it right but you know you're not you're not doing the stuff they're doing in the cinematic it's not, trailers. It's not you're really not, got a you're narrative not either. I'm <laughs> no, sure there's it no... does if you read into it and you're a big fan and you're on but the yeah, wiki. It's a but... multiplayer game. There's yeah. no there's no real narrative. And I, I get that it's world building, especially I feel like it's it's more it's more acceptable, I feel, with Overwatch. It makes more sense mm. because these characters are colourful and fantastical and they quip and yeah. you know, there's 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 this universe that they've tried to create that this game takes place in. Mm. Um but yeah, for me, it's it's like it just can't translate. I'd rather play a game that has a hype trailer that actually the game can can follow up. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, I I I don't have a, a strong opinion on hero shooters. I never play them, but um, I think it's just because 
I don't know. I think there's just I'm just so not much a big multiplayer fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly a big multiplayer fan. I play Battlefront because I enjoy Star Wars, but if it wasn't Star Wars themed, I would not be playing that. Like, I don't play Battlefield, which is a very similar game, actually, yeah. in many ways. Um, I guess the the only other genre that... Um, well, I don't. I never play FIFA. I don't really play sports games very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, that's just... I think it's just because I'm not that into football. I don't. I don't really watch the tennis when Wimbledon's on, and uh, it just doesn't kind of interest me to sit down and and play those in a simulated version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the only other thing that I don't play much of, but it's not necessarily something I don't like, is um, MMOs. Okay. And I guess kind of for similar reasons as uh, what you were saying with MOBAs and hero shooters, is that like in some ways they they don't have a very good narrative development there's like things going on but because there's rarely any cutscenes, mm. and there's not even like kind of scripted moments where your in-game in-engine character suddenly starts like doing an action with right. other people um I, I just feel like every most things are progressed through like text boxes you know yeah. some, some of these games don't even have like a lot of voice acting because there's just too many characters and quest givers to to like apply voice acting to so it's all just like text boxes mm. and um you know i appreciate they do have overarching narratives especially if you read all the supplementary material and you go on the wiki and and you you know you really keep up with all the latest updates and, and things like that but i think they i don't know they just seem like they require a lot of commitment i think it's also not very immersive when you can just see crowds of people zigzagging between like quest givers and talking to them and you've got just like a man in the street who's surrounded by an arc of like 12 players who are all talking to him for the same reason at the same time yeah so it's just you know i like to have an immersive narrative experience as a general rule Mm -hmm. and um for that reason i don't actually think mmos really scratch that itch for me yeah i get that i don't i don't play mmos i played a lot of runescape yeah and uh when my friend had world of warcraft i used to go around to his house and play it i've never on his computer touched world of warcraft really in my entire life yeah. i love the idea of warcraft but again you know i never never played games on pc never had a pc good enough to play games and then as i you know got to a place where i could actually afford it i just made the decision to play console games instead i uh, i played a lot of warcraft 3 like the rts oh version, yeah yeah and that had uh, a trailer in it that was like one of those super cinematic amazingly beautiful like CG trailers yeah. for this game called World of Warcraft. I didn't even know at the time it was going to be an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just a massive letdown because it looked like it was going to be <laughs> awesome. And then this game came out. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Mm. Um, but yeah, those are those are some genres. But I don't think there's anything that we really hate. No, no. There's, there's no game that I you know that i would look at and just go but i just you know we know what we like we know what we don't like yeah there's only so many games so many hours in the day to play games exactly yeah exactly time Mm. for a big old giant big old big discussion a huge discussion yeah this week's discussion peter Mm. comes from patron victoria mccone mccone what do you think one c mccone Hmm. Missoni. Hmm, could be Missoni. Who's I don't know. Victoria M. Victoria asks, why is VR still a fad when there aren't any good games and it makes everyone sick? <laughs> makes Which me sick, I have to say, sometimes. Is an interesting one. Mm. Because we are a good few years now into sort of the re- the revival of VR, the yeah. resurgence, if you will, because they've tried. Uh, games companies have tried before. Yeah. 
And uh, it really seemed to be going strong this time, you know, with Oculus and then with PlayStation VR, it's sort of a more affordable price point. And then you had the the Vive as well. Yeah. Those are the big three. And then you've got Google Cardboard. Everyone's talking about how VR is the future. And I do think VR Switch has... want to do it as well now, don't they, with the uh, Labo? Oh, yes. Yeah, the new Labo yeah. is, is a thing you can build to put your Switch in and then do VR. Yeah. Um, I think there are very real applications for virtual reality mm. outside of games that yeah. will see it continue on very strongly. But as for whether it has a real future in games, interest, it seems, is kind of waning. It's just so difficult to... It's it's nice to be in a, a 3D world. It does kind of feel like you're on the holodeck. And it, you, mm. you put those goggles on. And if you've never tried VR, it's just it's impossible to really get across like how it feels, mm-hmm. I think. You know, I yeah. people told me, Oh, it's great, it feels really real. And I was like, Okay, yeah, sure, right, okay. And then I put it on, I was like, Okay, yeah, no, it really is. <laughs> and you put these goggles on and suddenly you're in the bat cave or you know, you're in like the cockpit of a plane or something. Yeah. And that's great. Um the issue I think is just always going to come down to the limit on um, how you can provide input to a game like that. So, you know, sometimes you've got like things in your hands, like Joy Cons or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they don't necessarily emulate like finger movements. And so that's a kind of mm-hmm. there's a detachment there. And then, of course, the biggest issue is being able to move around in a VR yeah. game. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're using thumbsticks to control what feels like your real body, but your legs aren't moving. I mean, I I do get motion sick sometimes with, with video games, uh, with, with VR games. Yeah. And um, I think until we're somehow able to make it so that you can walk around on on the spot using, and you do see these like crazy 360 treadmills that are like probably cost thousands and thousands of pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, until everyone has access to that kind of thing, we're not going to be able to have the true VR experience. And therefore, it, it's just always going to be a bit of a fad, I think, until mm-hmm. that's sorted. Yeah. But it's not all doom and gloom for VR. No, definitely the not. PlayStation VR, I have one. Uh, Three million of those approximately have sold so far. Um, and then you look at the some industry statistics from VentureBeat mm-hmm. uh, that report that the VR market saw an 8.2% year-over-year growth in the third quarter of 2018. Okay. And the quarter's VR shipment leader was Oculus, which shipped a combined 491,000 units of its Go and Rift headsets, accounting for 25.9% of the entire VR market okay. for that period. So Oculus practically i know shipped and sold is very different but they they shifted nearly half a million units in just the third quarter of last year Mm. Uh, so people are still getting these and i don't know if it's for games or not but there's certainly been a massive decline in the amount of youtube content that you see people playing in vr there was a period where everyone was doing vr stuff i don't know if we've talked about it before but last year when we were working out of the yogscast offices the room that we mm. assumed was, and and well, for the duration of our time there, is a little bit hurtful, but it was still called the VR room because they wanted this room that had green walls so that they could go in there and easily shoot VR content. Yeah, um, and it was just it was used maybe what twice. Yeah, one of the times by us. Yeah, and when we used it, the it took ages to set like it wasn't you could tell that it was like not something that was used very often Mm -hmm. because the setup was like took ages and then wasn't working half the time yeah and we had a real 
Yeah, God, that was a really bad sesh, wasn't it? We it were was in that tough. room for a long time. The just game trying to get it to work. kept crapping out there as well, which is, I suppose, also part of the problem is that it's just, it's just a bit too clunky at the moment. Mm. The tech is so close, but you know, I tried PlayStation VR, and my my main, or I have PlayStation VR, sorry, and my main, excuse me, my main issue with it mm. is that it's quite blurry. Not yeah. because I need glasses, but just because you're so close to it. Mm. And the, the the resolution just isn't there. Some games look amazing, while other games look a bit wonkums. Yeah. And um, that's not great. And I thought, well, maybe it's just because it's technically the budget headset out of the big three, uh, costing £229. But then we did that, uh, that video mm. last year that I think, was that on the Oculus or the Rift? Oh, the, sorry, the Oculus or the Vive? Uh, I think it was Oculus. So that's £349. And I always assumed, well, maybe the be- the more expensive headsets have mm. clearer displays. It is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and then you've got wires, mm-hmm. you know, trailing behind you as Big well. Bricks, like power bricks and things like that. Sensors all over the place. Yeah. I mean, for PSVR, it's quite simple in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, still loads um, of cables there. Still, yeah, a load of cables. Uh, the Vive is £1,119. But mm. that's the starting price for their Pro version, which has... A wireless capability yeah so you don't have to have wires going around but then you've got to worry about latency and stuff and if mm-hmm. that thing is even slightly out of whack you're going to feel so disorientated and unwell yeah. um it's it's not for everyone because some people feel sick using it mm-hmm. it's expensive it's clunky in my opinion while there are some really good games mm-hmm. for it no one's quite cracked it yet because we're just doing this is a, a driving game, but in VR. Yeah, you this is are a... Skyrim in VR. Yeah. There's going to be something that comes along, I think, at some point that just blows everyone's expectations away of what a VR game is yeah. and should be. I mean, also, yeah, they all just feel quite gimmicky. Like you say, it's a driving game in VR. It's like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll do a couple of uh, couple of races, but I'm not going to want to sink like as many hours into this as like, I mean, I'm not a, a much of a driving game fan, but, you know, I'm mm. sure people spend hours and hours and hours playing their driving games just on their sofa with a controller. Yeah. Do they really want to sit in the actual car with, well, like, arguably worse visibility? I know it's more realistic, but, you know... There's... That's why the idea of playing Skyrim in VR, I hated it. Yeah. And and I, I said as much last year... 30 in, hours of... Or a couple of years ago when we made a, a video about it and people just destroyed me in the comments because mm. they were like, no, uh. And I had loads of technical issues as well that were not my fault. Like the 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 UI for Skyrim just kept rotating around my body and yeah. disappearing, and I like my my head was permanently at a right angle in game, mm. and I couldn't reset it to face it back. I'd have to quit the game and start it back up. And slowly, if I looked down, I could see it slowly, like the compass and the UI rotating around my body again mm. as it was getting confused about where I was. There's there's so much that needs to be good about it before it can truly be. Uh, a force to be reckoned with, mm. I think. And it's not like it's not being supported. No, Because we had true. State of Play the other week. Well, I was about to say, like, I think, you know, on the other hand, while while some of these things are gimmicky, they're fun while they last. And you kind of just wonder, is, can someone just take one of these concepts and just, like, take it a little bit further? And, like, a good example of that might be the uh, the VR Worlds, um, the sort of gangster, what was it called, that gangster yeah, game? Yeah, PlayStation VR Worlds, I think it's called The Heist, London the Heist, Heist yeah, or that's something. It. Yeah, where you, you play as a, a gangster in, in London mm-hmm. and um, you do various things, you do some shooting and I think there's a bit in a car, isn't there? Yeah. And, uh, and that seems to be, 
Do we know that that's like literally what has inspired this uh, this upcoming? Yes, it's yeah. made by the same. I think it's uh, London Studios or right. whoever it was that made because VR Worlds was a was like a collection of experiences. Mm. And then that was just a part of it, but it was easily the best part of it. Oh, yeah. And now they're making a full game for it. But that's what we've been needing, I think, a full yeah. VR experience, narrative experience from start to finish that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. There aren't, there isn't anything like that. There's brilliant games like Beat Saber, mm. but all of them are sort of games that you, that I feel, I would describe them as games that you'd put on to showcase VR, but yeah. not something that I would actively go, I'm going to play this all day. Mm. There's Super Hot as well that's supposed to be amazing. Oh yeah, Super Hot. That's the one where you fire a, you know, you're, you're in this room uh, being fired at by loads of assailants and when you move, time moves, but when you stay still, you can't be hit. So you feel like you're in the matrix because you're able to react in real time mm. to bullets very slowly and then fire back at people. And then at the end, it plays the whole the whole, the whole sequence to you in, yeah. in like real time. So you're just dodging bullets. Yeah, It's I mean, awesome. But it's just, again, it's like it's almost like a puzzle game. And that's that's not what I would call a full VR experience. Well, and again, they've in a sense, they've kind of tacked on the VR to that because that's been out on PC mm. for a long time in non-VR form. It's like um, Keep Talking, Nobody uh, Explodes. Nobody explodes. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I'm sure that works pretty good in VR, but mm -hmm. I, I enjoy that game without VR. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, some of these upcoming PlayStation VR games, if any of them kind of just, just break some new ground. Yeah, because um, that's what it needs. Other than massive tech improvements, it needs someone to really inject like a a one-off. Like, oh yeah, yeah, this game's really good, and you can only play it on PSVR, or you can only mm -hmm. play it on Oculus. And yeah, you know. hundred percent. Yeah, uh, what I've written here is the tech needs to get cheaper and simpler, and the games need to get better. Yeah, and exactly. again, that's not to say that. You know, the, the price points are, are absurd, though over a grand is kind of insane. Yeah, um, or, or that, you know, it's not difficult to set up or that it is, sorry, difficult to set up a, at least a PlayStation VR because that's actually relatively simple. Mm. Um, and and it's also not to say that the games are bad because there, there are some great games out there, but there need to be more. There need to be more exclusive VR games that are just outstanding mm -hmm. and you, you can't experience them anywhere else that are built from the ground up for VR and aren't just this game, but in VR. Exactly. Um, you've also got to bear in mind as well that all of these require a computer that's able to run them yeah. or a, a PlayStation 4. Yeah. And, you know, either way, you're looking at spending a lot of money if you need to get both. You can't have one... Well, you can have, the obviously, the console and the PC without the VR, but if you want the VR, you can't not have... The thing PC. to run it. I mean, even the, the PS4 version comes with uh, a little extra sort of processor, processing doesn't unit. It? Yeah, because the power console supply. isn't enough, and power. Yeah, power, I think it's a power supply too. I yeah, can't remember. I so. Mine has been in a box under my TV since I moved up to Newcastle at the start of the year, mm -hmm. and last year it was in a box for most of the year, apart from when I briefly played Astrobot and Moss, both of right. which were really good. Moss looked nice. Yeah, yeah it was lovely. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about VR and how, how it stands and where it looks to go in, in the comments below. Mm. Obviously, it's technically early days, but do you think you will ever get VR? Do you have VR? What do you make of it? Do you use it? Do you think there's, there's a future for it or if it is just, just a fad? Yeah, you're looking not forward anywhere. to any of the, uh, the games from State of Play, the VR games? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested, mm -hmm. but um, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Ben. Yes. We have all kinds of social medias, don't we? We certainly do, Peter. What are they? Well, on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, um, and Discord, we are all 
whatever their URLs are, dot com forward slash team triple jump. Yep. So that's twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you'd like to support us monetarily, um, you get to ask questions for this show and you get worst games ever, which is fortnightly. You get it two days earlier than everyone else. If you're a $5 tier. Yes. Yeah. At a certain tier. Um, if you want to find this podcast on various other audio outlets, you can do play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash triple jump. Uh, that's where we are hosted, but we're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all sorts of other places mm. as well. So you should be able to find us there. Website, Peter. Yeah, it's triple triplej.mup. That's triple dot mp, mm-hmm. And you can go there for various things, um, but including triplej.mup forward slash shop, where yeah. we sell things like these mooges that are visible on the video version of this podcast right now. Yeah, delicious mooges. The, the hoodie that Ben is... So beautifully modeling. There it is. Um, as well as T-shirts and, I think, cushions. Mm-hmm. There's a swimsuit somehow. For some reason. Still there. Yeah. People are buying them, apparently. Um, you're mad. Um, <laughs> so, we've got a, a fairly regular schedule. We do. Uh, we do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, unless mm-hmm. it's April Fool's Day, and then we do one on Monday. Do one on the Monday, yeah. Uh, we stream every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Thursday, we stream together, and yes. we, we play some fun little multiplayers together. Um, worst Games Ever is fortnightly, mm-hmm. and as Ben said, it's Friday for the patrons, uh, and Sat- uh, Sunday for everyone else. So nothing is ever gated, but it's, sometimes it's early if and you're a patron. this week is a... Worst Games Ever week. Uh, it is, yeah, because this goes out. This podcast goes out on Saturday, doesn't it? It so, does. Right. So for everybody else who's not a patron, Worst Games Ever tomorrow. Mm. Hope you enjoy that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah podcast every Saturday. So, mm-hmm. so that's all. That's all. We're hopefully going to be doing something with Borderlands 1, mm. the uh, remaster, uh, next week. On Tuesday, we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. We might be asking for some questions from you guys because we'll have, hopefully... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be joined by the uh, lead producer mm-hmm. uh, for the remaster and maybe uh, another special guest as well yeah. uh, to be confirmed. So mm-hmm. if you have any questions about Borderlands 1 and how that's all been put together, keep an eye out for uh, our call to action and and uh, we'll, we will put that to the man himself. The actual man from mm-hmm. Gearbox. Yeah. Exciting. Definitely. Well... Thank you, Ben, for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, me, for joining you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Happy sun- Sunday and Saturday night. Yes. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed 
and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.